ESPN Wisconsin College Game Day on Wisconsin On Demand is brought to you by Canopy Wealth Management, helping you achieve your financial goals with confidence. Canopy Wealth Management. Care. Competence. Clarity. It's not just a tagline. It's a promise. Go to canopy-wealth.com to get started today. Grab a red shirt. Flash your W's. It's Game Day Wisconsin. David Gilroy from the three. 
just completely oblivious to anything because you're on the team, you're in the locker room, you're worried about the game at hand. You don't really understand what's going on out here. So I agree. This is it's, it's an awesome festivity. Uh, it's it is an excuse to come back to town. I will say that generally, when I'm making plans with my buddies, we avoid homecoming weekend because yep, yep. it's chaos around here. But that just shows how popular it is. Uh, everyone downtown is just giving up on trying to figure out how to park. Uh, there's literally <laughs> walking up to the tailgate today. I said, "Well, you're all getting towed. Like cars just jutting out into the street. Yeah, full on yellow lines, cutting into driveways. I was like, wow, you guys are just saying." Screw it, I'm parking, and I'll deal with it later. Yeah, what's the appeal? What is the appeal to this weekend? I Call me, I speak for the current student here. <laughs> this weekend is a joke. Honestly, I'm not an alumni. I get it. Sure, we're coming back. It's a beautiful day today. I think that's half of the appeal of today. I don't think the idea of homecoming, the parades, all the, the, the showmanship, save me with that. It's a football game today. We have a big game. We need to win this game. Who cares about homecoming? I'm not a homecoming guy. It seems like me in high school, homecoming is all about the students, but yeah. in, in homecoming for college, it's all about the alumni, right? So again, great to have the alumni back, great to have energy, but there's always energy here. There's just maybe a little bit extra fanfare, which is cool. I'm all for it. I don't think it impacts the game at all. I think one thing that uh, impacts the game is that Wisconsin's got to start winning some football games or they're going to they're gonna be the homecoming team. People are going to start circling them of like, hey, we want the Badgers to come to town uh, when we have homecoming so we can get that victory. Former uh, UW-Whitewater coach Lance Leipold was talking about that at Kansas. One of his first things he wanted to change was to change Kansas from being a homecoming team, the team you schedule for your homecoming. And that's what Purdue is today. And the Badgers haven't lost to Purdue since Kyle Orton was their quarterback in 2003, let alone they haven't missed a bowl game since 2001. Those kind of tie together today, guys. I mean, if you lose today, a bowl game looks real dicey. I totally agree. I mean, I, I think this might be one of the hardest teams we face the rest of the year. I, you know, just doing some Purdue research, it is impressive what they have been built into. I, I Going into the season, we've said this how many times this year? Oh, you circle this game. This is a win. This is a win. First of all, there's no more easy wins for Wisconsin. That's for one. And for two, you always think Purdue's just going to be that pushover team, whatever. We'll beat them by 21. Not the case this year. They played every team hard. They've had some really quality wins. That's more than we can say about this Wisconsin team. So I think this is going to be one of the hardest teams we face all year, both personnel and schematically, and just for mo momentum. This team has momentum. We are we're needing to find our momentum. You, you sure are. And I'm thinking from a perspective of we got three home games left on the year. And I would say none of those three are by any means easy games. You have Purdue, Maryland November 5th, and the Thanksgiving of the Axe game with the uh, Minnesota coming to town. Those three games, if you're trying to win three of those five, you have to go two and one in those. And Maryland plays everybody tough. Purdue has a, a lot of talent and having a very, very strong year. And Minnesota's Minnesota. It's always going to be a tough game. So you're in a position where not only is today a must win, you need to win and kind of build some momentum because you have none right now. And they have everything in the world. You need to come out and punch them in the mouth. Honestly, maybe the players should treat this game a little differently with a little more energy and fire. You know, a lot of the alumni are coming into town. There's a whole lot of energy in Madison. It is a beautiful day. Treat this game a little differently. Act like you got something to prove. We gotta hit a bowl game soon. You gotta, you gotta wash that uh, taste out of your mouth from that Illinois game. Yeah. I was in the stands for that one and listened to some of the ticket holders, and there was gonna be a rebellion if something didn't happen. They were that dissatisfied with where this program was at. This is the first time back there since. If they don't feel a palpable difference today, I think it changes a little bit the outlook on 
what Jimmy Leonard's future is with this program. Uh, it creates some doubt maybe where some people were like previously all for let's give Jimmy a shot. I think it's a big game for him, big game for this program. This is ESPN Wisconsin's College Game Day presented by Coors Light and Pella Windows and Doors. There's a lot of advice out there about upping the value of your home. Windows can be a major upgrade if you go with Pella's innovative premium products and customer service. They're absolutely unmatched by anyone else. Right now, the Pella Windows and Doors put no money down, no payments, no interest for up to four years. Certain restrictions apply. So Pella Windows and Doors is a great way to up your value. Jim Leonard can up his value to the program and his likelihood to stay around. And Colin and I talked about it uh, earlier this week, actually on Friday, and we did that at Rutledge and Hamilton. You can you missed that show. You can listen back. Wisconsin on demand, Apple, Spotify, any of those great places. We asked the question. I'm going to ask it all to you. Does Jim Leonard need to make a bowl game? to guarantee himself the opportunity to be the head coach because there are good coaches out there. Lance Leipold, I said earlier, is one of them. He's run a program. He won, I think, six titles at UW-Whitewater, turned Buffalo around, and now has turned Kansas around. Dave Aranda, Wisconsin Ties, winning at Baylor. Chris McIntosh has a major decision to make, and I'm not saying it shouldn't go to Jim Leonard, but it gets tougher if this team doesn't make a bowl game because there are proving guys if they are interested that know how to run a program and it's tougher to run a program I think we saw this a little with Paul Christ as a guy overseeing a CEO of a football program than the next one is the nose guy I think he doesn't necessarily need to make a bowl game but if they don't make a bowl game I think it becomes much more competitive I think Mac is making a much harder decision look I do not envy his decision he's no. in a really hard spot this is a, a hire you cannot miss on this is you know early years of him being an athletic director here and let's be honest this is a football school our basketball team is great we got some great hockey teams volleyball but this is a football school it drives revenue it drives branding it's very very important and you need to get the right guy I think they want it to be Jim Leonard. They really do. I think everybody in the building is rooting for that. I think I'm rooting for that, if I'm going to be quite honest. Yeah. It helps with the transition. We're already seeing guys transfer out. We're already seeing recruits second-guess if they want to go to Wisconsin. If, if, if you were 50-50 on Wisconsin in another school, would you pick Wisconsin now? I don't know if I would. So I think they'd like continuity, but I think it becomes a lot harder if he doesn't make a bowl game. I'll say this on the recruiting thing, and I'll get your thoughts, is that it was an article, I believe, in The Athletic that talked about how literally within 15 minutes of Paul Chris being let go, Penn State was texting one of the Badgers' top recruits. And then they said with 15 minutes after that, five other schools texted to see if they at least open to a conversation. Those are basically you up text from other programs. <laughs> I, I totally can understand that. And as someone that was recruited and went through it, if, if I committed to a school or if I was 50-50 on a school and then all of a sudden the head coach, who's the person you've had your main contact with, is all of a sudden gone, the future of the program's uncertain, I, at a minimum, I'd be incredibly hesitant, and I would at least start having conversations. And that's scary, right? That's scary for this Wisconsin program. If I had no true, I mean, I was a Wisconsin kid, committed to Wisconsin. If I had no true loyalty to Wisconsin, why not? Why not talk to other people? Yeah, and Adam, I want to get your thoughts on this. It's one of those things where it's a, you go, it's a, a head coach's sport, excuse me, and if you're a recruit, like Brad said, like you go to these schools because you want to play for these coaches. And once you have that sort of uncertainty up there, you've seen these transition periods amongst different coaches in Badger history. It's a very, very slow and steady, but you have to nail the process because everything can implode on itself if you really mess, mess it up. Yeah, and you know, I was thinking about like that, the prospect of what Brad was saying there too about how a lot of times in the past it's felt maybe like a handoff. 
even yeah. if it's a different person, it's felt like, okay, we're going to be consistent. We're going to be true to what we are. I feel like we're at this weird inflection point with this program of, like, what is the next phase of Badger football? What are we trying to accomplish here? Are we going back to the roots? Are we, stick- I mean, are we sticking with the roots? Do we want to make a big change? here and how we approach this program. And that's where I get into the, you know, wow, Max got a lot to think about here because there's more than just handing it off to a Jim Leonard. Even if that happens, what does he want to see out of this program? And, and the process by which you handed it off to Jim Leonard is very different, right? You could ease yeah. into it. Even if Paul Chris resigned at the end of the year, personal reasons, I'm looking forward to the future of the program. This is a much different circumstance than it was, um, you know, with, with Brett Bielema and Coach Alvarez, for instance. It's also a different uh, circumstance than Bo Ryan to Greg Gard. Greg Gard had been around for a very, very long time and at least kind of knew from being around Bo Ryan for so long what it took to run a program. Now, I'm not saying Leonard doesn't, but he is incredibly young. He does have an opportunity if this did pass him by or if this looks, he looks in the eye and says, not now, he's, you know, a young man. But that aside, I, I know you mentioned you don't envy Mac, but if, this, if he is picking, and we don't know what's available to him, between Jim Leonard... Lance Leipold and Dave Aranda, that still speaks highly of the program, especially even if you pick between Jim Leonard and Lance Leipold, you still could be in a pretty good spot of picking whether it's the young guy you want to grow into the job, which might adjust expectations for the next few years, or you pick a Lance Leipold who might be able to come in immediately and, oh, by the way, bring a player or two from Kansas from the portal and instantly get uh, Wisconsin back to where they were uh, with Paul Chris, you know, the first couple years of his career. That's kind of a balance there for Mac as well. It's sort of a short-term versus long-term uh, decision here because you're right. If Jim Leonard jumps in, you have to expect there to be some growing pains. He doesn't know how to be the CEO of a football program, the guy who's more of the administrator role. He is an X's and O's guy. He is a young coach. How, do we even know if he's been looking at the prospect of being a head coach? We don't know. Maybe he's just been focused on the defense. This is a thrown-into-the-fire situation, and that's why you kind of have to get a read here. It's lucky he's having that sort of tryout these uh, these last few games, and hopefully he's able to nail it. But honestly, I don't think you could go wrong with any of those options. We're a good enough program where it's one of those things where we're lucky to have all these prospects have Wisconsin ties, one, and two, be open to coming here potentially. I think it's a very tough decision, but I think we're very lucky – to have the opportunity to interview these big-time candidates. Hindsight is so 2020. I'm sure that when we look back and whether we choose Leipold or Jim Leonard or whoever else and we have success, we look back and say, oh, well, gosh, it obviously makes sense. That was the right person to choose. However, when we stand here today and look at it, there's no home run, totally clean, obvious candidate, right? Because Jim Leonard, he could be here for 20 years. He could be a 20-year head coach. He could grow into it. He could totally rebrand for the better to build on the Wisconsin program. Um, But he's never been a head coach. He's completely untested. There's a lot of positives, but some uncertainty. Lance Leipold, for instance, he's been there, done that. He knows what that's like. But isn't he mid to high 50s? How long? 58 58 58. years old. So is he a five-year solution? Maybe 10 at best? Um, which is still a long time in college football, but you don't want to address this again in five years. So right. there's no easy solution. And again, this is what I brought up Leonard's age. Because I can't imagine a world that if it didn't go Leonard's way, that the Badgers don't want Leonard to stay. And he turned down Green Bay. I mean, could you hear Leipold with a behind-the-scenes sort of, Jim Leonard, this is yours in seven years when Leipold wants to retire at 65? It's just a lot of different questions with it, and this is uh, ESPN Wisconsin College Game Day, brewed by Coors Light, presented by Pella Windows and Doors. I'm Jim Rutledge alongside Adam Mertz, uh, Brad Nortman, and uh, we also have Colin Russo with us. And 
The the part that is also interesting is this staff, guys. Yep. And offensively, you'd have to imagine if Jim Leonard stays, there's going to be some changes. His defense, I would imagine those are his guys. They've been successful this year, not so much. But I think defensively, you can sell yourself on maybe one or two small changes. But otherwise, we're going to keep things as is. Offensively, he might have to go in and fire a lot of guys he's worked with for a long time. A lot of guys with a lot of long badger ties. But if you look at some of the hirings, they don't necessarily make sense. And I'm not saying they're not working, but Al Johnson never coached running backs before. He's coaching running backs. Other tight ends coaches, I think, had three positions here at the University of Wisconsin. Is the OC long for here because he has tied to Paul Chris? And Bobby Ingram, look, I, I'm not saying he's doing a good or bad job. I don't know. But there's a lot of changes and a lot of things that Leonard's going to have to do. And who's he bringing in? Back to the Leopold thing, we interviewed him last week or maybe it was two weeks ago, his staff is almost the same staff that he had at Whitewater. So he's got his guys. And I remember when Barry Alvarez talked about hiring coaches. What's your book? What's your plan? Who's your staff? And I'm sure Leonard's got one, but there's an appeal to a guy in Leipold that would say, hey, I got these guys. They're all from Fort Atkinson and Jefferson, but we've won everywhere. And the only thing he hasn't done is – you know, stayed at a program a long time, but he's had to climb because nobody's ever believed in him, which feels like Badger football forever. Well, I, I wonder where he does go for those offensive coaches, right? Because you're right, that is a lot of the playbook, right? You have success with your team, and then your team, kind of as a unit, as you succeed, moves to the next program. For, for Jim Leonard, let's say he is the head coach. I think I probably agree with you. A lot of the defensive staff stays intact, and he knows defense. He gets it. On the offensive side, I think a, de a defensive mind like that does no offense. But where do you begin, right? Like it helped with Coach Chris having an offensive mind. I know what I'm looking for. I know what implementation I want to have. I know what our, our offensive vibes are supposed to be. For, for Jim Leonard, it's going to be a major coaching decision, and it's going, to be, it's going to be not easy, and he's going to have to put his fingerprints on it. Yeah, your mind went where I was uh, thinking uh, in the previous part of the discussion of just how you know, th this isn't going to be like hunky-dory. There's going to be some really hard – discussions conversations decisions made if jim leonard's kept his coach like this staff isn't going to look the same i want to know what he's got in mind for recruiting because that's been uh it, when when saeed khalif left that was my first like real big warning sign of like what the hell is going on in this program this this just does not sound like we are thinking about college football the way it needs to be thought of in 2022 2020 at the time I want to talk more about this and some recruiting on the other side. I would recommend to anyone listening, as far as who would Jim Leonard pick, start looking at who he played with in the NFL yep. mm -hmm. and see if they're coaching somewhere and see if they're someone he could bring here. These guys are going to pull people that they're familiar with. And I think no matter what, I think we'd all prefer, if he doesn't keep Bobby Ingram, to go outside of the Badger family. And, again, that's my only, I don't want to say concern, but with Leonard, I think he can get through the youth, but I don't want to run it back with, like, the Badger, like, homecoming every week. It's and an opportunity, like, to have this is. sort of thing where you could change things up. Like, this is going to be a long-term decision. Why not take advantage of the opportunity where if you can jump 180 or do this or that a little differently than we usually would, why not take advantage of it? I completely agree with you, Jim. On That's sort of, like, on a luxury that not every team gets, and hopefully it works out. It's dangerous, but... And honestly, it opens up a lot of opportunities for the team. It's a virtual world, and like it or not, your company has to navigate it. But that doesn't mean the journey has to be painful. What if your company's space was smarter, technologically integrated, and able to perform beautifully across all virtual meeting environments? With smart spaces, that dream becomes a reality. 
Smart Spaces will get you the right technology for the right reasons with a listen-first culture. They'll learn your business's needs and provide seamless solutions for your office. Improve your business today at smartspaces.com. This is Wisconsin College Game Day. The countdown to kickoff continues next. You're listening to ESPN Wisconsin College Game Day. Wisconsin's College Game Day, brewed by Coors Light, presented by Pella Windows and Doors. Also, there's some fantastic Mountain Dew in the area. Try Mountain Dew Zero Sugar today. Do the Dew. Wisconsin College Game Day, also fueled by Mountain Dew Sugar. All the Dew, zero the sugar. I'm Jim Rutledge, alongside Colin Russo, Adam Mertz, and Brad Nortman, talking big picture Badger football. We'll get a little deeper into the preview uh, in the next hour here. You only got me for an hour because I'm going to the game. But, uh, you know, Colin and Hunter and you guys will take it over from there. But I want to get back to our conversation about the Badger football program as a whole. And let's kind of work under the assumption that Jim Leonard gets the job done. Because I would say that he's the betting favorite. And I, I think that this is his job to, to turn down. And then I don't think anything's really going to change. I actually feel decent about their shot today of winning this game and then making that bowl. Having this be a turnaround for them. But there needs to be changes offensively. I mean, you can start, and the poster child, and this is not like nailing Graham Mertz to a wall saying he's the worst, but he's the quarterback. He's going to get all the glory, but he's also going to get all the pressure. And his numbers, I looked them up, are very comparable to Joe Stave. And we all love Joe Stave, but he doesn't have the wins. And Joe was a walk-on. Yeah. And Graham is a four-star quarterback, the highest recruited quarterback uh, that came to Wisconsin in, in UW history. And then you look at... There's other players. Uh, you had Jalen Berger running against Wisconsin and Michigan State. Uh, I'm going to forget the, the the running back from Watson. Watson. Nikia Watson. Yeah, yep. Nikia Watson, Washington State, scored two touchdowns against the Badgers. They leave. The Aaron running back. Yes. There's all these guys everywhere who have left the program. The Badgers have had four guys leave the program. One not voluntarily in, in Logan Brown. I'm not sure what happened there, but Jim Leonard was very clear to point out that Logan was dismissed, and then Logan entered the transfer portal. Setting aside the guys leaving, and I don't want to name them all by name because it's not about them and, like, failure or success. It's about they were highly recruited players who didn't get the success that matched their stars, and you can say that about Graham Mertz too, and that seems to be a, a theme here. And that, to me, falls more on often on the coaches either not recruiting the right guy for the scheme and for the, the culture of the football program more than it does, to, in my opinion, than the players. And I don't know how to get back to that because when Bielema was here and even during Paul Chris' best years, they were not getting these top recruiting classes. They were living more in the middle of the Big Ten, but their program results were closer to the top of the Big Ten. Uh, Brad, I'll start with you. How do you reconcile that? Well, I'm not entirely sure how to reconcile it. I think when I look at it, First of all, I'm, I'm a big believer in the fact that um, recruiting rankings and then program success is directly correlated. It's not an exact science, and it doesn't guarantee success, but it's directly correlated. So you've got to be trending upward. I think as a program that we are, we should be finishing in the top 25 every year. That's not that much to ask for. So we should be able to do that. And 
whenever we talked about that there is a talent gap on the field these last several weeks, even going back a couple of years, a lot of the pushback is, well, we've had recruiting classes that are the best we've ever had. So what's the problem? I think the problem is exactly what you were saying, Jim. There's a disconnect between what we're trying to implement and the players we're getting. I don't know if it's mindset. I don't know if it's like the talent of the player fitting the scheme. I'm not entirely sure, but it seems like we have highly some highly recruited players come in and they don't pan out to our level of expectation. And we can see that a lot in the transfers that just occurred. For whatever reason, they weren't getting playing time. It wasn't a good fit. This is an opportunity to leave. So I, I think this is an opportunity for us all to kind of gut check what is the DNA of the Wisconsin program. And I think that is exactly what Jim Leonard is going to have to answer because we need to, we need to recruit guys that fit our program. We need to recruit guys that fit our mindset. And we also need some superstars. So you need, you need a little bit of both. But for now, we just have not seen that translate. And then we're losing guys, and they're actually having success at other programs. So it's, 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 it's stressful. It's, it's frustrating. But I think that if there's anyone that can turn it around and see it, it's Jim. And one thing here with, uh, there's a good article, I think, again, in The Athletic about kind of detailed some of the things going wrong with the athletic program under Paul Chris, and it went to the recruiting. And I think the walk-on stuff has died some here at the state of Wisconsin. Now, better players, look, colleges get smart. They come here and they offer these guys scholarships, but there's still a lot of kids at Wisconsin, or at Wisconsin who walked on it, maybe turned down a scholarship somewhere else because they wanted to walk on Wisconsin because they knew the tradition. They knew that maybe after a year or two, if they did what they believed they could do, they'd get that scholarship. So that's not a full-on excuse, but there were stories about how there was recruits at the stadium, at the game, who the coaches didn't know were there that they weren't talking to. So there seems to be a little bit of, it's not about bashing Paul Chris, it's just about getting the program tighter, even just being tighter with the actual recruiting process. But to me that raises a red flag that were they recruiting stars more than necessarily looking deeper into what makes these guys click? I always just think of Miami. I covered the Hurricanes for a couple of years down in Miami. They always, even when they were winning five games, had top 15, top 20 recruiting classes. They just grabbed stars from across the state. They'd recruit like how you and I would out of like a, a stars book. And instead of actually finding guys that fit the culture and whatever their culture is and, and fit the program. And all these issues about these players who are four-star recruits, five-star recruits, these bigger-name recruits that, honestly, Wisconsin is not normally accustomed to getting, it is a reflection of the coaching. It is a reflection of them not finding the guys that really mesh together well, and these guys leaving is a result of that. They leave, they realize, maybe this school wasn't for me. They try to push this culture onto me that I didn't really fit in at. They didn't necessarily show it to me properly when I was getting recruited. It's one of those things where if you're coaching, a lot of these guys who are still on the staff, we're recruiting these guys. So if you're thinking about Jim Leonard taking over, there has to be an, an entire identity sweep of here's what we're going to be. We have to change something. You're not going to, like Jim said earlier, we're not just going to run it back. You have to, if we're doing this and I'm back, one, we got to make a couple changes, and two, we got to know what we're, what we're looking for. And, I mean, Adam, you've seen a lot of these coaches. Yeah. These identity things is one of the biggest things in college football. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And just kind of building on what you guys, where you guys are headed with this, the identity. A couple things that stand out to me is, one, I always pictured, like, Barry walking around at Big Ten, like, coaches meeting behind closed doors, telling those other guys, you're not coming into my state. I, I mean, I literally picture that as being like, there's going to be trouble if you come in recruiting because it didn't happen. And Wisconsin was viewed as this wasteland. I think that the um, – the lack of like huddle 
to put videos out there. That's kind of big. I took a guy like Leo Chanel, number one. If that guy had publicity, if he didn't play for Gransberg, he was a four-star. Yeah. He was going to get recruited nationally, but they kind of slid that one under the radar. But I'll, I'll take it back. One thing, DNA. I think of a guy like Chris Orr, uh, who's, who had yeah. been on broadcast earlier this season. I was a little bit worried about where that program was at. And you get a guy like Chris Orr who's got that kind of energy, who's demanding that much out of his teammates. Like, it's on these players a little bit to say, this is Wisconsin football. You're coming with me on this ride. I see a lot of, like, looking around for someone to take the lead on a uh, mm. team like this year's. And I, look, I, I don't want to give Jim Leonard a free pass, but for the most part, as defensive coordinator, the defense has been there. The guys, we yeah. walk, the guys that have success recruiting hits, have been on defense. Whether it's Keanu Benton, who was a, a guy who was more of a wrestler than a football player, he's playing on Sundays next year. Uh, there's a lot of guys that they hit on defensively. There's far less misses defensively. And to me, it goes back again to the offense. And I don't know what happened there, but whatever it is offensively, they have to get better at it. And look, recruiting's more difficult. They are spending more money into it. Look, there's articles two years ago that Paul was and Paul made the recruiting department take down some of their social media because he didn't like it. So, I mean, there's just certain things that put them at a competitive disadvantage. But when I look at stars and rankings, 25 to 30, I know Wisconsin doesn't have as much leeway to, to let some guys get in here and, and develop uh, academically. But three-star guys to me are guys, that's Borland, that's J.J. Watt, that's Russell Wilson. They just took them a few years. Three-star and up, they all could be great players. It's just a matter of when you talk about five and four, those are the guys who are supposed to arrive immediately and have an instant impact. Like you said before, Brett, we don't need a lot of those, one or two. And let's be honest, fans haven't been great. Whether it's Nick Toon, four-star guy, Josh Oglesby, four-star guy, John Clay. But fans were, were getting on them all the time because they expected them to be the greatest player of all time at their position. Nick Toon was a great wide receiver playing in the NFL. Oglesby was a really good offensive lineman playing in the NFL. Uh, and you get, on, you get on these guys, and you also don't give any of them a pass ever of, like, the four-star guys that have this extra pressure at Wisconsin because they're so rare. Can I bring up an area that does not give a, a lot of attention, but I think is vitally important, especially when you're inside of it? Look, when you're a college student, you come from high school, you're 18 years old, you are a young, young man, a, a grown kid, basically, right? So you are going through a bit of a molding process. One area that does not get discussed enough is the strength and conditioning program. Everybody gets up in arms, oh my oh, yeah. goodness, the Iowa strength and conditioning coach is making 700 grand a year, what a joke. Guys, we spend more time with the strength and conditioning folks than we do the, our coaches. And it, we come in, we need to be molded physically, mentally, um, uh, maturely. We need we need to grow as men. And that's one thing that I remember having. Ben Herbert was our head strength coach at the time. He's now at Michigan. And everything we did was competition, challenge. Let's put you in uncomfortable situations. Let's grow. I'm on your side, but I'm pushing you. And it is just unbelievable when J.J. Watt transferred from Central Michigan to Wisconsin, right? It was prehistoric, the transfer rules then. He had a full year he had to sit out. Un unbelievable now. However, he came in. He was pretty good at Central Michigan playing tight end. The year that he had off, totally transformed. Now, he's got that inner grit, toughness that you cannot fully teach. Yeah. However, he totally transformed to becoming just an animal on the football field. And you can attribute that. All these three stars that come in and you're like, wow, how did Ohio State miss them? They're playing in the pros. It's because they develop in those four years and it's vital. I don't know what the situation was the last several years. What, one intersection I want to draw there, we we're talking about matching up talent to style and then getting into strength and how these guys are conditioned, how they're built. To me, the big question mark has been the offensive line. 
uh, where you brought in these guys who I was hoping for getting back to, and I'm a huge Bob Bostad fan, thinking about the lines back when you played, the mobility that those guys had, the athleticism, the, the amount of pulling that they did, a movement along the outside. That's what I want to see back to offensive line at the UW football program. I don't know if these guys just aren't built that way, if they're not being groomed that way, but I'm not happy with what I'm seeing up front. I think there's a lack of, whether it's the, the coaching or the uh, the strength and conditioning, the recruiting, attention to detail may have wavered over the last few years under Paul Christ. Across the board, it starts at the top, though, because you look at, you talk about transfer in, Russell Wilson was a, an average quarterback in the ACC. He got here, Wisconsin obviously fixed something and tweaked their offense to fit what Russell did, got him in a position to succeed, and then he took off. And you talked about the strength and condition, but also walk-ons. They, they found these walk-ons, they built them up physically, and then put them in a position to succeed. It seems like Wisconsin, yes, it is a premier program, but their margin for error isn't Alabama or Clemson. You still have to find these guys and then develop them and I think that that part is slipped. And that takes you from always winning 10 to maybe always winning 8. And that's a big difference when you're talking about fans' happiness. It's a big difference. And to be honest, there really is no room for error. We can't slow down. We can't take a year off. At Alabama, at Georgia, at you know Ohio State, guys are almost disposable, right? We got how many yeah. four- and five-star guys? We're going to build them all up. I know that their strength and conditioning programs are legitimate. Um, I've got some funny stories from here and some Alabama guys talk about their how they get strength trained but it's a mindset that they get implemented into and if, if a guy doesn't work out cool we got another guy that's doing it so for Wisconsin this is why I'm a little bit concerned about where the program's at is once as you fall back into this like mosh pit of mediocrity it's really hard to claw yourself back out so, I, I mean, that's why we have to act quickly. It's why Mac acted quickly and why we have to implement our own DNA and whoever comes in, it's got to happen quickly. It won't, I don't think the results will happen immediately, but it's got to be dealt with. This is ESPN Wisconsin College Game Day. We are brewed by Coors Light. When you need to refresh on game day, choose the beer that is cold as the Rockies. Cold filter, cold lager, and cold package for peak refreshment. When the mountains are blue, you know what to do, and that's crush a Coors Light. 2022 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is ESPN Wisconsin College Game Day. Brewed by Coors Light, presented by Pella Windows and Doors. The countdown to kickoff continues next. You're listening to ESPN Wisconsin College Game Day. From L.A. to Piscataway, this is your college football scoreboard update, driven by Metro Ford of Madison. What is up, Wisconsin? I'm Hunter Vaughn, starting off in Piscataway. Indiana is up right now on the Scarlet Knights of Rutgers, 14-10 with 8.27 left to go in the third quarter. Also going on in the Big Ten, Iowa trails Ohio State on the road, 26-10. Iowa did have a scoop and score for their lone touchdown of the game. The second half is just getting underway. We're a few minutes into the third quarter in that one. And then three more games left to go on the Big Ten slate today, starting off at 2.30. It'll be those Purdue Boilermakers taking on your Wisconsin Badgers. Again, kickoff at 2.30. 
And then Northwestern is on the road at Maryland. Maryland sitting at 5-2 on the year right now. Again, that game kicking off at 2.30. And then the primetime game, a game you can hear over in Milwaukee on 94.5 ESPN. It'll be Minnesota at number 16, Penn State. Kickoff for that one is at 6.30. Elsewhere in the top 25, Tennessee taking care of business at home against UT Martin. They're up 58-7 with two minutes gone in the third quarter and upset brewing in clemson number 14 syracuse they're up 21 to 10 metro ford of madison madison's trusted ford dealership learn more at metrofordofmadison.com Go to Ho-Chunk Gaming Madison. Go be a winner and go to Ho-Chunk Gaming Madison. Biggest jackpot so far this year, nearly $900,000. million in jackpots all year at Ho-Chunk Gaming Madison. Go be a winner and go to Ho-Chunk Gaming Madison. I'm Jim Rutledge, big winner. Brad Nortman, also a winner. Colin Russo, Adam Mertz, all big winners here on ESPN Wisconsin's College Game Day. Uh, we are brewed by Coors Light and presented by Pella Windows and Doors. Uh, you guys know the big winner reference there from the movie, I think, Swingers? Vince Vaughn, like, big winner, big winner. Uh, so that's what I was referencing there, if anyone picked up on that. Uh, <laughs> throwing it back, it's homecoming, you know. So for all the olds driving in, they know uh, the movie Swingers from, like, I think the it's late like 90s. 95, somewhere in there. 90, yeah. So John Favreau, Vince yeah. Vaughn. John Favreau movie. He's the guy that does all the Marvel stuff now, Iron Man, all that kind of stuff. But that was kind of his uh, intro in the movies there. So that's your movie uh, note for today. But uh, we'll get back to some Badger football. They do have a game today. And they are facing the Purdue team that historically the program the Badgers have handled. But all that stuff's out the window now. Because if you would have told me that the Badgers lose uh, on the road to a Michigan State program that hasn't won a Big Ten game this year, I would have said you're insane, but everything's out the window now. Losing to Illinois was surprising in the way that they lost, so I don't know what team shows up. This is an opportunity for redemption. Get that ugly taste out of their mouth, like you mentioned, Adam, from their last home game. They've been away for a while. It's homecoming. It might not matter on the field, Brad, but afterwards, it got to feel extra good if you go out and win your homecoming game and you run into some uh, football playing alumni and your record is even instead of falling deeper into the hole behind 500. It would feel amazing. It would feel refreshing. I think these guys need it. We don't have a signature win yet this season, right? Even Northwestern, we looked good, but we're coming to learn that Northwestern is kind of the doormat of the Big Ten this year. So to have a signature win at home, this is the time for it, right? I mean, if there's ever games, there's a few games. Look, every game the rest of the year is kind of a must win for this program. However... There are some games that matter maybe a hair more, right? To just morale. This homecoming game, Iowa game, Minnesota. It starts here, though. And we need this one. I think they'd feel really good. And we need something. We need something to get us moving in the right direction, something for some hope, something that just says, like, all their hard work is, is going to pay off. So um, I, I'm, I'm 
wanting to see a hungry team come out today. We see it every once in a while, but what's plagued this team is inconsistency, right? Some, some drives, they look great. Others, it's like, what are we doing, right? Lack of execution, turnovers, penalties, things like that. So I want to see a team that's hungry. I want to see the team that wants to come out to win and that doesn't look tired. It just looks, is the aggressor. When are we going to be the aggressor? I want to see that. I think first quarters have been big for us all year. I think you're going to know exactly what type of team is going to come out, out of that tunnel, in that first quarter. I think you've got to really, like we say every game, every game I feel like we say this, Brad, you got to punch them in the mouth. Right. And I think you have to really set the tone, not only from an identity standpoint, but from a prideful standpoint, too. This is your homecoming game. This is one of the more packed environments of Madison you could find. It is a beautiful day. This is a prideful game. If you are a Wisconsin Badger player, you would know more than me. I would feel like this is the type of game where we can't lose this game. We have to come out and we have to kind of put everybody on notice again that we are not the very mediocrity, the homecoming team that everybody, th that we're kind of leaning towards now. You got to be the prideful type of player that like, all right, we're not going to let this happen today. We're going to play them tough. We're going to play them strong. And we're going to actually go at them really early on. Hopefully they could do it. I have a feeling it'd be a competitive game, but I feel like this is the type of game where as a player, you gotta have a little bit of pride attached to it. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like this game's gonna kind of set the tone for the rest of the season. And part of that is, in my thinking, is there's a bye week next week. You go into that, you're riding high, you're like, okay, we got one more month to prove ourselves. You, you take one on the chin today, uh, the transfer portal's still open. Um, doubt kind of start circling in your head that's two weeks where you don't get to get back out there again I think that's a really bad formula and I'm I'm worried about today I mean this is a Purdue team that should have taken care of Penn State at home on opening night other losses to Syracuse who's up two touchdowns on Clemson right now on the road this is not a this is not the Purdue that we've seen the last few years look two thoughts one if I was a player I'd be sick of it I'd be just sick yeah. of all these people talking that we're no good programs going backward you know we have talent gap execution gap I'd be so sick of it I'd be excited for an opportunity to shut everybody up and prove everybody wrong and to be quite honest if you want to gain some respect you beat a quality Big Ten opponent because I agree with you next to Ohio State where I was like okay this is a Herculean task this is the game I felt worst about all season I I think Purdue is a really good team and the teams they've lost to they've lost by a hair and they're top ranked teams yeah so I I think Badgers will have their absolute hands full today. I'm, I flip-flop my game picks. I'm a Badger dude, and I'm not even wow. sure I can pick the Badger. So Brad, to be, yet, what's going on yet here? Yet to be known, we're going to see which way it falls. But I, I think this is the win you want to have if you want to turn things around. A two-week bye coming off of feeling like you're going backwards. It's a long bye. The Badger players, because of the firing of Paul Christ, have a 30-day transfer portal window where they can announce in the next 30 days they're leaving. That's why some of these guys have announced now they have a window. They normally would have had to wait to the end of the year. I think okay, by, by all accounts, Logan Brown was going to leave anyways. Um, the uh, quarterback, Deacon Hill, was leaving anyways. I don't know about Marcus, but when a guy was supposed to be a starter and then falls down the depth chart, that's a guy who's probably leaving anyways. So I don't think it ties directly to Jim Leonard. But to your point, if they are losing, a few more guys might just take a look at the portal and say, you know what, I, I'm just not happy here, and I'm just going to, especially offensively, I might just go somewhere else. I feel like the defensive guys in the state of Wisconsin kids, Wisconsin football is going to feel pretty good about. But we talk about we talk about recruiting earlier, and we talk about keeping the guys they have. they got to keep the recruits they have. Not just yeah. for this upcoming class, but for future classes. You'd still rather be in the driver's seat of having that verbal commit and having someone want to come here. The more you lose, and the more it looks ugly when you lose, the more likely that's to waver and to falter. Yeah, I mean... It 
it's one of those things. I'm sorry, Adam. It's one of those things where like that's what makes it risky to kind of make a culture shift from coach to coach is these players are following the coaches. You are changing a lot. And every player, except for maybe the Wisconsin guys, are coming to play for that coach. They love the atmosphere, sure, they like the program, but the coach is the deciding factor. I'm sure Brad can make a testament to this as well. It's one of those things where it's a very risky decision. And that's why firing him midseason was a little out there. But you know what? McIntosh wants to see very quick results, and, he, and he's looking at short-term uh, success. You got to commend him on that, but it's also a very risky position that we put ourselves in as a program. I think that there's never been a time where college programs can act with such a self-interested mindset, right? NIL, easy transfer portal. It's so easy to think about self. And they, they, they should be thinking about themselves. A lot of these guys have... NFL aspirations. So if you're a sophomore, if you're a junior, if you're looking at this program and saying, I don't see a quick turnaround, I just see uncertainty. Why not go to a program that says, this is my best shot to display my talents for the NFL. This is my best shot to go be successful. And it's like, you can transfer like this, like that. So I I, I think it's just begun. The, the uncertainty about recruits, the transferring. Some guys are going to remain loyal for sure, but this is what we said when everyone was calling for Paul Chris Head, that it brings more questions than answers, and until you go through that, which isn't one month or one year, it's like a three-year process, that it's, this, is what's, this is what life is for Wisconsin football now. Well, and, you know, I, I had posted something about how Paul Chris deserved more credit uh, than he was getting because he did, you know, was an OC and did lift the program up after Gary Anderson. A lot of people pointed to the record with Gary Anderson, but you just had to look at the recruiting and the types of players. Like, a lot of guys left. A lot of things didn't click. There was a lot of misses and a lot of guys that didn't stay long after Gary Anderson, and Paul had to kind of piece together uh, a couple seasons there where they were winning 10 games. But without all the without the depth at O line and without some of the other playmakers they didn't normally get, because Gary Anderson had kind of changed his career philosophy, philosophy, then also left. So they left him in a lurch there. So he did leave the program in a tough spot. And I thought Paul uh, did a good job fixing that. But Brad, to your point, that is something that you kind of have to be aware of. How quickly can it be turned around? And then also, how can you fix the recruiting? Because I think we all see this recruiting woes uh, didn't start with Paul. I mean, as far as when he was fired, I think things were kind of coming off the rails a little bit, but. To your point, Brad, about the players, and I talked to Keanu Benton about this. Uh, he joins uh, Rutledge and Hamilton Weekly. Again, you can listen back, Wisconsin, the man, Apple, Spotify, any of those great places, listen to podcasts. But I asked him about how, back in the day, you know, talked about the prehistoric transfer rules, but when a guy left, it was like a bitter divorce. Now it's like a, just like a couple-week breakup. Like, you know, Keanu's friends with a lot of these guys. There's not that sort of like, hey, this is kind of the price to do a business. Guys are going to come and go. And to me, that matters of puts a lot of pressure and extra thought on these players that makes their lives, it's better for them, but also makes their lives a little bit more difficult. It does. It, it's complicated. I mean, in the NFL, it took some time to get used to, dude, I just played with you. Now I see you on the other sideline. That's pretty weird. That's the reality now, though. And there's no there's no sense of, um, you know, loyalty to programs and, um, you know, just sticking to it. And, you know what, if it didn't work out, then maybe I just don't, don't do football or whatever. It's totally fluid. It's totally transferable now. So... I just think this is right now, this is the Wild West of, of college football, and we are fully, fully in the midst of that. And you talk about rules, no rules uh, in effect anymore. You look at Charlie Jones out there today for Purdue, who came over from Iowa. So even, you know, moving within conferences, Jalen Berger last week, yep. that would have been, even with the old rules, like unheard of, if it wasn't even banned. I'm trying to think of, like, is that a two year? 
puck was, on incoming. It was something where it was like really impossible. In addition, to being unwritten. Well, I think the coach had to sign off on it. Yeah, yeah. There you go. As we see, okay. Ben Brust here with the verbal. Remember, Ben. Here's how bad they used to be. Ben Brust, uh, host Scalzo Brust, did it. He was, I think, verbally committed, or maybe even had committed to Iowa. But like their coach was fired like a couple days afterwards. I'm kind of trying to remember the story. So he wanted to get out of it. Never played. It just signed his letter of intent, and it was hard. Yeah. It was a real process to get him out of it. We saw Micah Potter for basketball. Still, what, a couple years ago, have that problem. It really was draconian as far as how locked in these players were. And, yes, this creates more issues for them, but it's still better uh, in the long run. These guys have this flexibility. But, man, there was no in-between. It was like you're basically owned by the university to now do what you want. The, the silver lining is that players, we can go grab some players yes, too, though. Yes. So, you know, but that's where it goes into. Can we get a charismatic, excited coach that can just um, – for lack of better terms, convince people yeah. to like to buy in. And uh, you see it at USC, right? USC, yes, they had some recruits. But Lincoln Riley, man, the transfer portal was a friend to him. Yes. And they're doing really well. So you can get guys in there. To your point, whoever the coach, whether it's Leonard, Leipold, whoever, you could turn this program around instantly in the short term and shoot for the long term. Leipold talked about that when his recruiting style is a little bit closer to what Wisconsin's is, where you used to try to recruit a high school kid, develop them, have them get here, and hope they, they make it and they actually verbally commit. But now... You putting all that time in necessarily isn't always worth it because sometimes, especially when he was more at Buffalo or the smaller schools, but even Wisconsin, you develop these guys and they might say, cool, thank you, appreciate it, now I'm going to go to Alabama. And so it is, but now Wisconsin I think is in a better spot where they can still pluck some of those guys, where maybe uh, Northern Illinois has developed someone that could be a, a star for them, and now Wisconsin gets to say, you just kick up to play with the big boys and get you get you to the NFL. So I think Wisconsin can take advantage of that of being able to pull some of those those Mac and smaller schools without those big time deals and uh, and be the big bully that a lot of the Power Five teams are. I think Wisconsin has to do a little bit of that too. Yeah, there's a little bit of a separation thing that's happening with this college football. Like the, the greats are becoming a whole lot greater. We have to kind of stay away from that little middle ground of like where are we? We're trying to find our little place in the Power Five in the Big Ten. Where are we? Michigan and Ohio State, these are the teams that really win every single game. They're the teams at the top of the line every single year. Then there's the teams like us. There's a team, maybe Penn State. Penn State's probably a little echelon ahead of us. You're looking at these teams that are kind of middle of the pack. You don't really know what you're going to get year by year. That's sort of a purgatory for a college football program, not only for a recruit, but for a coach, for somebody you're trying to convince to come. You have to convince them that this is not going to be a year by year. You don't know what you're going to get. You have to know exactly what type of team they're going to be, exactly where they're going to compete, and, and how they're going to play. And that, that's something that we don't know right now, and it's risky as a program. You know, the other big picture thing that sticks in my mind a lot um, is the fact that, you know, through some of, like, Barry's work, I think fine work over the last 20 years, he had the Badgers in these strategic positions that worked out pretty well. First was in with Ohio State, Penn State, kind of in that upper tier to establish ourselves as an upper tier program once the Big Ten went to divisions. Then moved over to the West Division where it's this little cocoon where you're protected from all this. You could be Penn State and know that you could have the best team that you've had in a decade and still not even make the Big Ten championship game. This all changes in two years, yep. maybe even next year. They're still up in the air about what the Big Ten schedule is. USC, UCLA, we're not going to be just competing against Indiana, Illinois, Iowa, Minnesota anymore. This program has to look at taking a big step up. This, uh, I'm taking a break, guys. You guys are uh, handling it the rest of the way. This is ESPN Wisconsin College Game Day, brewed by Coors Light and presented by Pella Windows Indoors.
The countdown to kickoff continues next. You're listening to ESPN Wisconsin College Game Day. Wisconsin College Game Day, brewed by Coors Light, presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. My name is Colin Russo, joined here by Adam Mertz and the former Wisconsin Badger punter, America's favorite punter, Brad Norman. There's a lot of value uh, advice out there on upping the value of your home. Windows can be a major, major upgrade if you go to Pella's Innovative Premium Products and Customer Service, which are absolutely unmatched by anybody else. Right now at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin, put no money down, no payments, and no interest for up to four years. Certain restrictions apply. See showroom for details. Aspire expires on October 31st, 2022. Schedule your free consultation today at PellaWI.com. Really quickly, guys, we were talking about this a little earlier. We were talking about on sort of the offensive problems that we've seen with this team, a team that expectations coming into the year. I wanted to get your specific answer on this. Adam, we'll start with you. Out of this team and sort of the expectations that have surrounded it, what has been sort of the most disappointing aspect of the team? Is it like the offensive line? Is it Mertz? Is it the coaching? What to you has been the most disappointing part of this team to this point? I mean, I guess I guess it goes to me to the offensive line. Uh, I was really hopeful that coming into the season, as I said before on the first hour, I'm just like a huge Bob Bostad fan after seeing what he did with the offensive line, after seeing what he did to the linebackers a couple of years. like. The guy, the guy is a linebacker at heart, but he knows offensive line, and he had those guys just in tip-top shape when uh, when Brad was playing, and that was the, as usual, the focus of the best Badgers teams that we've seen come through here sure. in 10 and 11. And um, they have the, it feels like they have the pieces there. They have these guys that are four stars, that are solid guys that are coming up now, third year in the program, fourth year in the program. The thing that I'll put like a little caveat on of like why I'm not totally just going to be like dropping those guys off a cliff, so much rotation through there, so many injuries, so much lack of continuity. Sure. So I'm waiting, waiting, waiting for both Bob Bostad's coaching and the injuries to settle in, and maybe there's going to be this click moment, and then I'll feel a little bit better about things because look at Mertz with a clean pocket. Completely different quarterback than Mertz, who's dancing around looking, you know, looking to just chuck the ball somewhere. For me, I, I was gonna say offensive line, so I'm gonna not say that. Two things jump out to me, right? The Wisconsin program always characterized by physicality, right? We could look at our opponent and say, you know what, they might be faster than us, and maybe 50% of the times they are, but darn it, show me a team that's more physical than Wisconsin. And I have not seen that physicality out there. That includes offensive line, that includes the way the running backs run. Look, um, Braylon Allen, he's a, he's a big back, he's a bruiser, but at times it feels like we're just slowing down, right? And that's maybe due to workload. I know the coaches have had commentary on that of we need to be aware of his workload and all that, but it seems like we have, a, we have not implemented the physicality that we're known for. In fact, I think we've been out physical most of the games, not even a, not even a, uh, a push. The other thing is, and maybe this goes along with it, because our identity used to be physicality, 
and now it doesn't seem like we have an identity. I think that's the other thing. I don't know what we are on offense. I don't know if we're run first, trying to open up pass. I don't know if we're trying to like put Mertz out there to have it be more of a passing game, to let him grow. I don't know what we are. I think we we've, have not implemented any sort of identity, rhythm. I, I don't know what we are out there. So I think we're kind of going out there and figure out what works. And like if the running game's working, let's just keep running the ball. And if we're not running, well, maybe we start throwing the ball. And I know that play calling is switched, right? The, um, the seismic impact of Chris leaving is a big deal. But it just seems like from the get-go, we have not implemented physicality or any sort of real identity. So, to like, I don't know what I'm going to get out of the offense on any given game, drive, or play. ESPN Wisconsin College Game Day. Brad Norman, Adam Mertz. I am Colin Russo. Which is